0: This is Britta and welcome to Model Gene's podcast. This podcast is to introduce you to working models from around the world. From great laughs to tears of horror, our models will discuss their journey and what makes their workday in the modeling industry. This following podcast is brought to you by Model Genealogy. It's an informational platform that provides skills for aspiring models to succeed. You can take the test and find out what type of model you are and they'll guide you on the path that is right for you in the modeling industry. Models will learn everything from how to get an agent and what to do once you get one, what type of pictures are right for you, what the client's expectations are, how to take care of yourself as a model, and what to expect if you want to work in other markets, plus much more. This is Britta with Model Jeans Podcast, and we're here today with Seagal Curry. Hi, Seagal. Hello. Hi, Britta. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing this podcast. I'm so excited for this because you have so much to say, (laughs) and there are so many girls um, that have looked up to you or are aspiring to, to be in your footsteps, so it's kind of really cool that we get a talk I know we talk all the time and we're always giving advice to the babies to all the little sisters and brothers out there Mm -hmm. um but this time now it's like more you know out there out there so yeah yeah Yeah. so um I want to get into you're known uh in the industry for being like one of the best runway walkers out there Um, and I want us to kind of like talk about your history and everything with that. But before that, um, there's always something that happens on the runway that you do not plan. And I believe you kind of have like a, a good story for us on that.
1: Yes. Yes, I do. There, um, once I had to peed on the runway, now I wasn't, I was, I I wasn't aware of this when I got there and so when i arrived at the venue they had us doing dress rehearsal and then they asked which one of you guys would be willing to pee on the runway there is a fight scene there is a drunk scene and there is a scene where someone's peeing on the runway i mean i kept my mouth shut because i wasn't I, i wasn't sure which one of them i was gonna do but eventually I got the peed on a runway one part, which was really, really cool. It wasn't real pee, so yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: But I actually had to pull my clothes up and like squat and let it out. And, and it was
0: quite, quite fun. fun.
1: What market was this in? This was in London. This was, uh, this yeah, this was taking place in London about, five years ago and it actually is one of the most memorable moment because no one pees on the runway at all um and it it, it was yeah i don't know right we have all tripped at some point but not peed or even fight so that was kind of weird but this was all for a good cause it was just uh, it was about drinking and Doing things that you're not supposed to, or the excessive drinking um, leads you to wanting to fight, leads you to to get in yourself into trouble, lead you to doing things that is also embarrassing. Um, I can't remember exactly what the cause was specifically for, but it definitely had to do with um, with that.
0: And did, now, when okay. you when they were like, okay, so you're gonna go out there and you're gonna pee on the runway, you're like. Uh, no. Or were you like, okay. Or were you more like, what the? (laughs) I was, I was was more like,
1: like, is this for real? I can't believe this is not true, right? You guys being for real? They go, yeah, we're being serious. And this is what you're going to do. We're going to hook you up with this. So it's going to look really real. But clearly it's not. So just be careful not to have the bag fall out. I was like, the bags? I'm going to have like a water bag behind me with like a remote control thing. And the moment I just just sh- sh- my skirt up and squat, I was able to press it and let it out. And it looked real. I swear you can find that anywhere on YouTube. And what did the audience <laughs> think when, when you did it? it? The audience was so shocked, and I was in my LMOI because I knew it wasn't real, but at the same time, I had to do all of this, and it was really, really cool but embarrassing at the same time.
0: <laughs> so, then, um, uh, did you have a lot of press then that kind of like talked about oh, that? It went
1: crazy. Oh, yeah, it went viral. It's somewhere on YouTube, and it, I mean, uh, luckily. Like, the way I am right now, it doesn't really show my entire face because I was wearing, like, a, 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 a long bob fringe. So a part of my face was a little covered, which was kind of oh, – I, I axed for that, to be honest, because I wasn't sure if I wanted to be staying with that for the rest of my life, model pin on the runway, knowing it wasn't actual – it wasn't real. It was just for a cause. But I did it anyway, and it was fun. but the crowd went wild. (laughs) It it was interesting.
0: We could say that for sure. What about like, um, uh, so, uh, when you're on the runway, like obviously we all have the trip moments. Um, Mm -hmm. how many times do you think that you've actually tripped on the runway or like kind of fouled a little bit?
1: I actually, I've never, I've never fallen. Thank God. But trip multiple times. Um, sometimes it, could be the my heel getting caught in the outfit or just uh, shoes is too slippery or something but always in the back of my mind please don't trip please don't trip please don't trip please don't trip trip. because it's I mean who wants to fall down nobody really but thank god I've never that never really happened that never happened to me I've tripped several times but never went down
0: yeah that's always yeah that's like always a win you know I could, I could do almost anything but fall. So, um, a lot of girls don't understand or know who are getting into the business. Um, how, how many issues there are with runways, um, on the size of the shoes, on the type of surfaces, on, uh, how to how to like deal with like the the constrictions of the outfits Mm -hmm. do you want to talk about that a little bit uh sure with each
1: designer clearly they have their own taste and look in fashion so but the the outfit is one look because whether or not you like the outfit you have to wear it it's what was given to you but the shoes, sometimes they have no option in. Sometimes the shoes could be smaller, sometimes the shoes could be bigger. When it's bigger, they usually stuff it, or the shoe could just be slippery. However, I think first the first thing that they need to do is to make it known to your dresser or the designer itself to say, listen, um, the shoes is a little big, or it's too small, or it's a little slippery, can I have something to put on the bottom? And if they're not able to solve that, which usually they are able to solve that issue, um, I just say you take your time and walk and pray that you won't fall down. But if you do style it out, just perform as if it was a photo shoot and then get back up and go again.
0: <laughs> and, um, wh- uh, how tall has been like the tallest heel that you've walked in? Oh, probably a seven and a half, maybe eight inch. So it's kind of good for girls to start practicing now to walk in heels. Oh yeah.
1: It's, it's, it's pretty important that they practice to the walk in every hinge if they can get their hands on it. Because again, I mean, there was this one time I did the show for Suno, um, this designer and their heel was a an eight and a half wedge. That was crazy, but I did it and it, was just an amazing show so i think it's pretty i think it's good that they practice in pretty much every inch heels that they can just to be prepared
0: yeah and i think there's a lot of tips and tricks to to work with your clothing especially when it's like you can't really walk that that far apart with your feet or yeah. if it's if the clothing is in your way um usually with like longer dresses or things yeah. that are overlaying the outfit Um, so I know we're definitely going to get back to runway with you, um, and kind of talk about everything since you're known for that, but I wanted to kind of take the girls back in time with you from like where Segal started. Um, you want to talk to us about like where you're from and, um, kind of about like your family life and how you grew up and, um, how you got into, into modeling from there mm-hmm. uh sure
1: well i'm originally from jamaica and my family is jamaican english i was in my last year of high school and there was this competition that was going on and someone uh, told me well a couple of my family member and a friend of mine told me to enter and i did and who would have thought this tomboy that was Growing up in Jamaica, all I wanted to play was basketball and hang out with friends. Entered this competition and came second place, and next thing I know, I was signed to one of the biggest agency in New York, um, major models, and then my career took it off, took off from there.
0: And when you um, <laughs> lived in Jamaica, can you kind of explain like what your life was like there on the island before? Everything was chill. Island life
1: is quite chill. Um, I mean, I was young, so the the responsibility that an adult would have, I I never had that because I was I was still a teenager, and so everything was pretty chill. It was it, it was breezy. I never had to. I guess I never really had to worry about much. We we're not from a rich. Well, I'm not from a rich family. So um, my mom and dad clearly had to work really hard to um, put us through school. And I grew up also in the church because my mom's a Christian. Um, We got, well, I got baptized when I was younger. And I remember having this conversation with my mom years after asking why was I baptized? And she said, because you said that you wanted. But then I started thinking if I really at that age, did I really know what I really wanted like in, in, I mean, sort of, but I don't think so. When it comes to that sort of strong religious belief, because it was something that we were kind of like forced into, in a way we had to do it. We had to go to church. It was not an option. So when you, <laughs> so when you, so when you got, got
0: into up. modeling it, did you have, um, like, did, because your your family was more Christian, were they, were they like, ah, we're not quite sure because that's not really a Christian type thing, you know, for you to do, or was there any type of like opinions about th- between the religion and the modeling? Um, not so much.
1: Mostly from older people who are very much embedded in the way they think, um, and people from the church that was coming at my mom. Um, with this especially when I did my first semi-nude shoot and that came out and they were just going ape shit about it I mean my mom thought what, what is I mean she was kind of in two minds about it because she was getting pressured from the church but she also wanted me to do this because it was also a dream of hers that she never got to do. So I guess she was able to live vicariously through me. So she was a supporter. My dad was a 100% supporter. So was my brothers and sisters. So I never really had that much of a beef. It was mostly the people who weren't a part of the family. And that was a part of the church that was having an issue with it.
0: And then when you go back or when you've been back to Jamaica, do you get any opinions or... How do you handle like people's view of you when you get back and they're like, "Oh, seagal has been modeling and she thinks this of herself"? For I'm
1: I don't really get much pushback because earlier in my career I did because the girls who or the people who I was friends with um, they didn't really understand the industry they didn't really understand what it took um, to be to become a model or to be a model. And they thought that it was going to change me. Um, so I think, and then me living outside of Jamaica kind of like de- made the relationship between us deteriorate. And then um, it was, I remember when I was there once I had to had a conversation with them. I had to sit them down and let them know that, listen, time is going by and I'm growing up and we're all growing up. We weren't gonna remain in the same position for the rest of our lives. So I think it's only fair that they give me some breathing room and allow me to express my creativity in whichever fashion I choose. And right now, it's modeling, and I think it's, it's um, I really enjoy it, and I would like for you guys to be happy for me. So I kind of had to have that conversation with them after, earlier in my career. After that, I never got any more pushback. I think they finally, they got it. They eventually had to.
0: <laughs> no, that's good. So, I mean, you hear about sometimes in, like, the smaller communities um, of jealousy and and then treating the girls, um, with a lot of attitudes. So to have a community that kind of understands and, um, are kind of rooting for you and letting you do your thing and then, you know, just kind of congratulating you is
1: yeah. Yeah. It felt like that after a while, but I mean, the way I was brought up also, we I didn't have a lot of friends and we weren't really, we, I'm from a huge family, so having a, a, a community outside of the huge family was kind of non-existent for me, really, because we had so many cousins and aunts and uncles. So though. Those were my biggest cheerleader and they were cheering me on. There was some kind of jealousy at some point. However, they eventually got over it as time goes on. But um thank God for that.
0: Yeah. That's a good that's a good thing. Uh mm-hmm. uh, is there any like anything that you would want to tell parents of girls who are starting into the business at all? Yeah, I would say
1: parents listen to your sons or daughters and ask the right question. Um, And that would, is um, the right question I would ask is, are you following your dreams? Is this what you really want? I don't think, I don't think um, people should stop people from doing what they want to do in life unless it's something dangerous i guess and you can always give your advice however i think allowing that person to express themselves and to to do what they want to do um is is always a good thing but for the for for, for aspiring models i would want to ask you are you going towards your dream this is something that you have to ask yourself are you going towards your dream are you Do you believe in yourself? Do you believe in your dreams? Those are the questions that you got to ask yourself and be completely honest with yourself. And know that the industry isn't supposed to be taken serious to some extent. It's it's fun. So, I mean, come on. We're just beautiful people walking around parading amazing clothes that everybody wants to wear, including us. So (laughs) it's a
0: dream job in a sense, yeah. Um, I know you do a lot of um, charity work and mm-hmm. I think that even though like in our industry everything is you know, being beautiful having the opportunities that you have um, I've always felt it's important for like models to use their image to help others um, do you want to touch base on like some charities that you've worked with and um, why you do charity sure
1: um yes, I do I I love doing charity because again, do I'm from a small island and it's considered a third world. so there weren't a lot of there weren't and still isn't it's different now however, however, there wasn't a lot of opportunity for um for youths and I felt like the ghetto doesn't have to be the ghetto if they were given an opportunity. And that could be, you know, anything. And I felt like I wanted to give back in different ways, in whichever way I possibly can. So I got into, when I first approached, when Naomi Campbell approached me about her charity, did like five of them um, from Nigeria,
0: to you know that you were going to get more into charity as you um, grew more into the modeling scene, or or what was your perception at the very beginning of
1: modeling, perception of modeling, or perception In...
0: of modeling, perception of um, of industry. industry
1: with some exception? Um, and I felt like it then to be honest, I felt like that can always come, so why not just be a part of? anyone's charity, my friends, it doesn't really matter what type of charity it could be. The The most recent one had to do with children who are suffering from serious illness, and that was the hardest one that I had to deal with, because these kids are innocent, and they have, some of them don't have parents, and some of them do have parents, and even watching the parents crying every day, not knowing when your son or daughter is going to come out of the hospital is really, really hard for, for anyone to really look at. So I think, you know, I, I just, thank God I was born with a kind heart. I just wanted to continue it like that, I guess. I mean, so whether or not I was modeling, I would have still gotten involved in charity in some sense.
0: Yeah, no, and I think that kind of shows too throughout everything that you do. Um which is a huge yeah. a huge plus, I think, in in the yeah. industry and free and you know for you. Um it kind of keeps your mind on other things besides modeling Give your, at it times. It's a reality check. So, um your... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good re- good reality yeah. check. <laughs> Because sometimes you play dress up a little too much and then you forget what everything yeah. else is like in the real world. Real. So, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's go back to okay, you got your contract. Um, you went to New York and bam, uh-huh. you worked in like a, a whole bunch of markets uh-huh. Paris, Milan, South London, Cape Town. South Africa. Yep. Cape Town, South Africa. <laughs> Um, Which was your favorite market? um,
1: hmm. Favorite market would be New York and London. Because those were the two places I started out and I had the, the, the biggest success. And they became my second or third home away from home. You know, and I pretty much grew up there. So it it be, it became a part of me, and it holds a still. It still holds a, a special place in my heart, I guess.
0: <laughs> I guess. Yeah, uh, it's <laughs> funny you say that. It that it's like your second and third home because if you travel a lot, it um you'll go to like certain cities over and over again, and you feel like you're like, oh, I missed New York. You know, I missed my home in New York, and then I, I missed my yeah. home. And over here and over there like you have like your your own little quirks and everything that you do
1: was there anything
0: special that um, for London like when you would land in London like were there certain things that you would like
1: do right away oh in London the first thing I would normally do because I have a ton of family there is to call up a few of them and say hey I'm in town usually it's always by surprise because they never know when I'm coming in and I would go to this place in Brixton that sells Jamaican food it's called Starving Marvin I'm not even sure if they're still there but that would be one of the first thing I'll do it's crazy right it's Jamaican food you would think I would want to go have English food but nah um <laughs> Brixton would be one of my first stop for sure to get some Jamaican food and then after that I will um it depends also what I have to do. If I have to go straight to work um, after arriving, then it's something I'll do second. But usually when I arrive straight to Brixton for some Jamaican food, for sure. And then I'll meet up with my friends and family.
0: <laughs> and, <laughs> <comes> your second, <laughs> the food comes first, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> i think that's pretty much what i do too when i travel mm-hmm. like i land and i already know where my first like oh, yeah. coffee house is gonna be or yep food i'm spot. not a huge fan and of then coffee. I'll tea i'll
1: have 24 7 um but i can you could get that wherever and i'm a green tea person so almost everybody has green tea but the food is important the food yes Whew. <laughs>
0: Do eat guys models do let's eat. talk about um so you, you do eat guys models do eat do eat yes I do i uh, <laughs> so let's talk about some of the clients that you've worked with um you, for you, you worked quite a lot mm-hmm. on uh shows um mm-hmm. so for like london fashion week and paris fashion week milan fashion week new york fashion week uh, did you see like a difference between the shows? Like, what what was different about each market?
1: First, first of all, I really do look forward to Fashion Week. There is this just tremor in the air that makes you feel pumped, exhausted, happy, sad, but all sorts of feeling. Fashion Week gives you, but most of the time, it's it's happiness for me because one, I get to travel, which I absolutely love. Um, two, I get to meet different people. But the, the, the most important part of Fashion Week is a congregation backstage with all the models, designers, hairstylists, the whole team. That's fun because everybody gets to yap a little bit, you know, see each other for a quick minute. Dah, 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 dah. We're all the best of friends until we move on to the next show. And... It's even, it's even better when you go and see when you go to the next show and you're seeing the same girls that you just walked with, with the same hairstyle and the same makeup. That's usually fun. Um, there isn't, so there really, really for me there really isn't a big difference besides the smell of the city, um, and the the different accents because. One, you're in America. Two, you're in London, then Paris and Milan, and all of that. It's just it's so I, for me. they're really the only thing that's different is the, is the, just the the food, the accent, and the atmos, the smell of the atmosphere. That's the. <laughs> the smell of the atmosphere. Okay,
0: the, so you said <laughs> like the smell of the atmosphere. So New York, New York smells, smells, smells like... like go. It's kind of hard
1: for me to put it in one word. New York smells like. New York smells just like the way you describe it. The concrete jungle that is always on, on, on the go, unforgiving, fun, loud, full of life. Um, but one can argue that so is every city, but New York is special. It's, you, you get to meet people from all walks of life. Um, everything is almost in hands length, in hands reach, because it's just right around the corner from each other. Um, London's a little different is um even the sirens are different the sirens <laughs> the, the ambulance it's it's the sound of the ambulance the sound of the police is different it's just um New York also smells like ste- hot steam and from the subways with garbage and just la- music everywhere there's there's always some kind of entertainment um london smells like a a lot more like home one because i'm mostly around family so they make it feel like home it's also feel it also feels distant in a way because you have to travel for so long sometimes just to get from one venue to the next so and during that time you can do whatever you want um it's um London? What does it smell like? I can't necessarily put my hands on it. I could just tell you what it really feels like for me, which is cold, cold grey, and yeah, and fun, I guess,
0: yeah. <laughs> Milan. Okay, so the Milan,
1: what is it Milan smell Milan like? smells like a lot of pasta Milan. and wine. Oof, <laughs> I love the sound of an Italian speaking. I don't care what they're saying, just talk. I love it. I like the way they express themselves. I like <laughs> the, way they sing, the way they shout. You know what? I feel like Italians and Jamaicans have so much in common, they don't even realize it. The way they express themselves and the way they speak, it sounds very, it sounds like they are getting into an argument or it's very, it's very boisterous in a way. Some people might say it's loud. Some people might say it's, um, uh, they're using derogatory words or something, but to, but really it's passion we have. It's, it's the, it's the whole bunch of passion and the flavor and the style in which we speak.
0: I think Milan is very much also for a yeah, smell you know what? like New York, I, though. Oh, usually I'm, I'm in a. Usually
1: in 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 um Milan and Paris, we're being driven around in cars, so the smell is, the smell is interesting. It's just, I don't know how to describe a smell really, because you're you're usually around oh i could say a lot of perfume masking the smell of um odor sweat uh uh, loud chatting i guess
0: (laughs) okay so let's do paris last one so paris smells like oh
1: paris smells like french braguette and croissant with some wine Oh, and coffee. Oof, how could I forget that? Those two definitely, sorry, uh, Milan and Paris have that in common. Coffee, espresso, the, yeah, it's, um, it's warm, it's, it's beautiful you can't go anywhere and not hear the Vespa. It's like constant, the Vespa noise is everywhere. And it, it's, you can tell you're in a different place for sure. You know, even if you want to close your eyes and remember home, <laughs> the moment you hear the, 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 the sound of the sirens and the Vespa, you know, for a fact, like, yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm somewhere in Europe. Definitely has to be Milan or Paris. Cause even London sounds different. It's, yeah.
0: That's a, that's awesome. And I think uh, it's interesting because even though each one of them can be, like, a home to you, there's a different type of feel and smell. There's, like, all yeah. those senses yeah. are different, mm-hmm. which I think makes you so attached to that city. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Wa- wanting to go back yeah. for many reasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes me – sorry. And it also makes me – um. It makes it very kind
1: of. It makes it kind of hard for me to choose which is my favorite because they each hold such a special place in my heart. Because they're all different. I lived a different life in, in each place I've, I've gone to, in each place I've been or lived in. It's they're all different. It's a, I can't compare. There's there's no, almost no comparison actually. Um,
0: let's go to uh. Obviously, I mean, you've done a, uh, you've met a lot of great designers, a lot of great stylists. Um, is there anyone that you would want to sit down and meet in our industry, and and why? Who have you not met with yet?
1: Hmm. I've met so many people in my industry, and I'm really um, happy and proud of that. However, if I had to choose just one person. I reckon I would want to meet Gianni Versace. And sadly, I I will never be able to. (laughs) But I I think he's incredible. I think he was uh, in his time and also ahead of his time. Um, I would... Yeah, actually, just Gianni Versace, sadly. I mean, I think because I've had an opportunity, I've met so many people and had an opportunity to be around them. So I think being in the presence of so many powerhouse is, is amazing, but.
0: Well, let's talk about, there's one particular uh, major name that you've worked with, Stephen Klein. Yeah. And um, if yeah. Anyone who's listening to this podcast doesn't know him, then you should probably start Googling right now yes. <laughs> who he, right now. He, he is. Yes.
1: Google right now these names. Yep. Stephen Klein is legit one of the biggest photographers. His style of photography, him himself, is very um, eccentric and esoteric. I, I mean, he's just amazing and it was I am pretty happy actually and feel absolutely privileged that I've had the opportunity to work with uh, photographers such as Stephen Klein and Nick Knight those two are one of those two are uh, a couple of my favorite photographers of all time um they're each different uh I remember this one time I was shooting for Italian. actually the first time I met Stephen Klein was when I shot for the Alberta Ferrari campaign And I got to be honest, I didn't know who he was at the time. I knew he was, as they said, supposed to be the biggest photographer, but I didn't know anything about him. And when I got on set, he introduced himself to me and he said, don't worry, it's going to be okay. If you're nervous, I know this is your first um, major shoot. And it was. And... um, the experience of being in in front of his camera and just being with the team was is definitely rem- memorable. It's something I will never forget. I I and I remember thinking on set for the Alberto Prairie campaign that I would like to work with him again, maybe on a set where I can show my face because on that shoot <laughs> we were all wearing a mask. <laughs> And I think the universe answered my question. And then I started, sh- and then I shot for Italian Vogue with him. Now that was a fantastic shoot. This was in the middle of July, so it's like really, really hot. The crew was Kabuki and um, uh, Stephen Klein, the photographer. The stylist, um, her name is slipping me. Patty Wilson was the stylist. Absolutely loved that woman. It was supposed to be, this was before the first black, um, all black girl cover magazine of Italian Vogue came out. So This was legit the first of it, the beginning of it. And it was six of us, six girls. I remember shooting in Prada, we were all wearing Prada. And mind you, it's the middle of the summer, right? So we're wearing winter clothing. We had on these wigs that was colored and just look like a afro and then her whole body was painted in brown but before they decided on the brown we 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 tried all black we tried silver we tried gray and he didn't like any of them so we had to go back to brown (laughs) and we were covered in paint along with a thick sweater stocking boots scarf gloves And this is in the middle of the summer, so it was boiling hot. And I remember one girl, he put her in a position. Now, when Stephen Klein puts you in a position, you want to stay there so he could get his shot. No complaints, no nothing. And she was laying stick straight on the ground. And after he got his shot, she couldn't move. They had to call the ambulance because she had some kind of, her back got messed up. And (laughs) it was kind of sad. I do remember her, Ashley. I, um, I wonder how she's doing. I haven't seen her in a very long time but yes that was definitely a memorable shoot
0: did you feel uh empowered back then being you know like obviously you're you're kind of starting something new being on that cover for other other black women yes
1: i felt i felt empowered i felt the the positive feeling in the air and and the the wow, the excitement, the every feeling that you could think of that you possibly could get from if if you had to put yourself in that position to be shooting some of the the largest name in the industry and then one of the most heavyweight magazine, Italian Vogue. Of course, you know, I, I felt like we were all lining up for something good. We were setting some kind of trend. We were we were some kind of chain breakers in a way. Um,
0: it all felt like that. When you first started in the business, being um, a black model, I mean, there was always, there was very few, I should say, um, back then. Were there um, things that you saw of, for, of like treatment that were different back then and like how has that changed till now?
1: Oh. If if there's one thing if there's if there's one thing I would say about Mongol and it's just that it, it wasn't it wasn't inclusive. It wasn't all inclusive back then and thank God that has now changed. I I think there's a, there there has been there there has been quite of there's, there's there's several things that has happened that wasn't inclusive and i think um back then to now and it has changed and thank god for that um i'm not sure if i really want to go into exact details about what really happened but i do remember one time i was backstage at a show and there is this interviewer for fashion TV and I'm um, trying to interview the makeup artist and she was doing my face at that time I was 17 years old so I'm still struggling with hackney and I didn't even know I had cystic hackney at the time and um, I remember a reporter said you know I can't do this and the the makeup artist said why they go I can't shoot you with her with, with her face and I remember sitting there not puzzled by it, thinking, what do you mean with my face? Oh, damn, my skin. So now I've already felt awful about the fact that I'm having a breakout. And then here this woman on TV is going to say that she doesn't want to interview this woman while she's doing my face. Now, I thought that was quite insulting. And I thought it... it, it it did crush me because, I mean, I'm a young woman in this industry filled with confident, and here you are telling me because of my flaw, I am not beautiful and I am not worthy to be on your camera. Yeah, you and know, you you, know.
0: you've done a lot of, you've, you've been in a lot of the paparazzi scenes in Europe, I would say, way more. and. Um, I'm sure there were, like, thrills at times, you know, of having the paparazzi follow you um, and mm-hmm. shoot you, uh, but also the woes go into that as well, because um, there's times, I'm sure, that you don't want to be filmed <laughs> or or shot at. Any um, Any thoughts on, like, how to have your privacy, but also... Try to deal with being in a public view. I think once you sign up for this
1: game, you 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 privacy almost goes through the window. But not it shouldn't go through the window for you. I think um, in today's day and age with technology, there's hardly any kind of privacy. So um, I think you just. Smile and wave, man. Just hope that you're not doing anything illegal <laughs> while they're shooting you. <laughs> but um, just remember who you are. Throughout all of this, it, the, the most important thing is to just never lose sight of who you are. So even if there is a bad, even if there's a picture that pulls up and you're looking like like ruggedy, like just coming out of bed or something, that's okay. We all do the same thing. We're not always perfect, even though that's what we portrayed to That. We are just perfect mannequin. But, no, we're all human. Just remember that you're human and just remember who you are. Remember yourself. That's the most important thing. So, I mean, it's inevitable when you sign up for this kind of job to not be in public eye. And, I mean, there are times when you're going to not want to be in front of the camera, for sure.
0: So what do you do to get your mind off of that type of stuff? Like, when you get overwhelmed or anxiety and you just need to, like, hide away for a little bit
1: honestly I tend to just I do several things first of all I try not to get overwhelmed because I have to remind myself that this is supposed to be fun it's not rocket science it it, I'm not performing surgery it's it's pretty girls wearing uh designer clothes and selling it to the world and but however I mean I'm human so I do get in, I do get in mood at times. I think I'll do several things. I'll call my mom, talk to her, or I'll just call up a few friends. Or to be honest, I'll just go smoke a joint and then I'm chill. And that's, and that's how I kind of deal with it. But the most important thing is to hold that five or 10 minute or 20 minute, however long you have meditation and to just remind yourself that this is supposed to be fun. It's not surgery. And people are going to be insulting in w- whichever way they they can, I guess, but just not to take it too serious, and just remember to have fun.
0: When I think too, it also happens with a lot of castings. Girls will go to a lot of castings, and and then you get no, no, you're not the right one, not now, no. So there is always
1: going to be a lot of no's. In life, whether in this industry or whichever field, professional field that you choose, there's always going to be no, you're not the right one. You know. Remember, always remember that they're not saying you particularly is 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 no good. You're just you're just saying the look that you are going for. Um, you might not fit doesn't necessarily mean that they won't be able to use you again some other time down the down the line because that has happened to me several times just don't i know it hurts but don't take it too serious and always remain hopeful and just just smile just smile through the pain smile through the bullshit i i i would suggest but it shouldn't make you feel like you should um get down on yourself because that happens often time when you constantly hear no 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 or you know when at one hand you're being praised of how gorgeous you are so all of this is in your head you're almost perfect but then when you go to these castings you you hear oh no you're too fat or no you're too skinny or no you have horrible skin no you can't walk no you can't do that no always you're gonna hear no but just again the, the best thing now is to really be the first thing that you need to do is to really be strong in yourself that's this make your vessel as strong as you can so when you hear the nose it doesn't it just blows off your shoulder like that kind of thing
0: and just to reiterate I mean you you still get nose now too Oh, yeah. oh yeah. and mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. with all the nose that you get and how many years have you been in modeling?
1: Oh, wow. Um, I've been doing this for
0: mm, 13 years, maybe? 13, almost? <laughs> <laughs> 13 years. So what made you keep going and wanting to model for thir- 13, these 13 years? Like, wh- what's your reason for still slubbing through it every day? Be... be- My reason is,
1: I've always felt like I have something to prove to myself, and that could be my strength in me. So the amount of times I've heard no, Um, I can't sit here and tell you that it never affected me in any way, because yes it has, it has, it, it, it broke me several times, but whenever I'm down, I always want to get up. And I always felt like there was something else that I needed to do, whether it's within the industry or outside the industry. However, this is this is the, this is a road that I'm on, and it's a platform that I'm on. I'm going to continue to do that and continue to go that way until I get to fulfill whatever, whatever my purpose is or my dream is. Um, my mom is legit the strongest in our family, and I think for me is always to, I, I idolize that and I've always wanted to be strong. So I think proving to myself that I can be strong no matter what has, has been the source of me pushing on. Yeah.
0: Do you have any advice for girls that are just starting out, maybe they've been doing it for a couple years mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they're struggling what is your advice to them
1: my advice to you would be ask yourself ask yourself if this is what you really want now don't just look at the glitz and the glamour of it. Because you now, if I'm, if I'm speaking to models who have already, who's been somewhat in the industry but still struggling, I mean, there is no age limit to modelling, to be honest. Because, I mean, there, you could be, you, you can't take a 17-year-old for her to model a product for a 45-year-old person. So you there's different types of modelling. Just... So the most important thing I think is just to really be honest with yourself. Is, is this what you really want? And if it's what you really want, am I do I have a tough enough shell for this? Um, is it to get to something else? And if it's not, then it's okay. It's totally okay to to walk away. It's totally okay to to continue, it's totally, but but you're not, when you're doing this, you're not doing this for nobody else, you're doing it for yourself. And I think once you start asking yourself that question, you get to know yourself even more. And being honest with nobody else besides yourself is, is, is I'm still gonna go back to that, because I think once somebody knows themselves, they will know exactly what they can take and what they can't take, what they want and what they don't want. How
0: old were you when you figured out who you were?
1: Oh, oh, um, still, um, figuring, still figuring that out. <laughs> <laughs> but but <laughs> I would say, thank God I had a good family background. So I think when I hit, when I was probably like 20, 23 is when I, it's when things start to sink in. 25 is when things start sinking. Yeah.
0: Usually too, when you are running around, you run into a lot of models that you inspired or not that you inspired, but that inspired you, I should say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Was there a certain model that was kind of like a big sister to you that kind of gave you advice? And um, was there like a best piece of advice that you took from her?
1: There, there, there was a couple of models that I got advice from, and clients, and just random people. However, I think I think watching girls and listening to girls like Naomi Campbell, uh, Christy Charlinton, and Cindy Crawford has made, I've taken a lot out of their book, personally because they have inspired me and Naomi being one in particular because she is she's dark-skinned and she's the only one of the only in the industry that is still going on and still has like conquered all of her fears all of the no's you know what I mean all of the no's that she has gotten she's conquered that whichever way however way she wants to do it that's her business but she has and that that's an inspiration you know and then you have Iman um and Leah Kibidi those girls were they're my they're my idol in this game because they each have encountered so many different sort of problems with the industry common problems that we've all experienced um and they remembered who they are and they still stood strong and conquered and won and still winning. So that, that's inspiring to me,
0: you know? Yeah. And I think it's important that, I mean, while you have your big sisters, you have to remember that there are little sisters under you watching you as well. And, um, what you do and what you say, they're going to follow you like, just like you followed Naomi Campbell and some of her ways does that make sense um and I think right now it's really powerful because we have so much uh change coming to the industry and so much more opportunity that this is like really the time um to shine and kind of like speak your voice so um yeah that's amazing I do have a couple quick uh Questions for you um, as we wrap up but first I did want to um, also talk about um, modeling is like yes that is what you do that is your career but I, I don't think a lot of people also understand there that models also have other interest and you have started a company
1: yes yes modeling is a sort of art form whether we like it or not it's a talent but if you break it down it's usually it's usually as i I said before we're playing dress up it's like playing dress up as your big sister um (laughs) i modeling has opened up the one of the things actually that i've gotten that i love the most about modeling is traveling that has opened up my hunger that i didn't know existed for traveling so with that I've taken that on and I've done my own little travel documentary whenever I'll travel to places not only for work but just for fun and that has I I am I'm inspired by just just about anything and usually traveling is what inspired me and which which brings me to my Candleline, which I now have called Wax on Vine, that is inspired by um, memories and fragrance, fragrances that remind me. Of, yeah, all the smells from around the world, how it made me feel, how it made, what it made me think of. So, I mean, it all goes. Co- thank God from all in all good collectively because then I wouldn't have probably gotten to travel as much as I, I do now. And my source of inspiration comes from all of this. So I think, um, it's a, it's a good thing.
0: Yeah. And, um, we'll definitely put the link below for, um, your wax on vine, uh, uh, yes. Yes. Website and, social media too. So everybody can check it out and maybe if you want to buy a candle from Seagal, um, she always has some great smells
1: coming out of that line. So Wax on Vine is an eco-friendly brand. You can find it on Etsy. You can find it on Instagram and Facebook. All the products I use to make the candle is eco-friendly and it burns really well and safe, and it's, the container is reusable at the same time.
0: What made you decide to go eco-sustainable?
1: I want to play a part... Well, the world seems like it's going to shit, and sadly I'm very much part of it, and I wanted to play a part. My, my um, What role can I play to save in the planet? That is to eat less meat. That is to use eco-friendly products that is not going to kill the ozone layer. That is not going to kill the... Uh, the, the the animals or the plants or our own bodies so I think that's that's what drove me into wanting this whole thing to be eco-friendly and I think it's it's a healthy way of living a healthy lifestyle
0: yeah and I think it's a also a, a great way to give back in certain ways too yeah, yeah. so at least you're, you're standing for something oh yeah oh yeah you, gotta stand, for you gotta stand for something all right questions of the day if you could own an ad campaign what would your message say my
1: message would be life is available only in the present moment. So that would be that would be my ad campaign. Life will only be available only in the present moment. Yeah. Life is available only in the present moment. That would be my ad campaign.
0: So no matter what
1: you do, where you are, be present, enjoy it and Because eventually, it too shall pass, just like everything else, and it will become a memory. And the fact, I mean, look, the time that we're living in right now, I mean, sadly, the time when people seem to really appreciate something is when it's gone and when you no longer have it. So I reckon once you're in that moment, just try to be present and try to enjoy it. Try to think about how you feel, how it makes you feel.
0: Have you noticed that with modeling too? Are there things that you look back and you're like, oh, I should have enjoyed that more or... Um, maybe I shouldn't have pushed myself to like want more when I had that. C- certainly, there there are times that I will look
1: back and say, oh, "Maybe I shouldn't have been so hard on myself, or and sh- I should have enjoyed the moment because now they're all a memory." But not not very often because uh, I- again, I've always been the sort of person that just enjoy my time, enjoy my life. Like every experience I've had is priceless and I am really, really happy. I've had the opportunity to experience them. Now I can talk about them and some of which I can show in my videos, some of which I just only have as memories. But there are times when I will look back and say, I should have just enjoy that just a little bit more or shouldn't have been so hard on myself or shouldn't have taken that personal.
0: I think I see a lot of younger models, uh, they just want it so bad. And (laughs) then they get into this thing of like, I'm not making enough money or any money yet. I'm not working yet. I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that. And they all want it within literally under a six month period from the time that they start or they quit.
1: Well, that's a bad thing. See, that's the thing I, I would like to say is really ask yourself are you walking towards your calling? Are you really walking towards your calling? And learn the industry that you're about to go into. Nothing happens just like that. Yeah, sometimes for some, it might just, some people might just come in and just take off. But the industry, you cannot control it. It's out of, everything is out of your hands. And the most you could do to have a good peace of mind is. To remember who you are, and to and to build your strength from within, because there's going to be a lot of things out there that will wanting to break you, uh, break your momentum, break your spirit. And I and I have friends who are still broken over this, and it's it's sad, but um, just try to just. Just try to remember that this is just for fun, and nothing lasts forever. And take and enjoy whatever you can in the moment. And when it's gone, just say thank you. I I enjoyed it. I, I had an amazing time. I, these memories, no one can ever take away from me. These those moments, I will always remember forever. Yeah, not to be not don't be too hard on yourself or beat up on yourself.
0: Right, exactly. What um. And besides like obviously like the inner part I mean there's preparations that every girl needs to take seriously on the physical part Um, Uh Uh which I don't I think a lot of girls now are just like well they could just like me for who I am and just take me for who I am and but no matter what size you are there's still certain specs that need to be met do you um do you want to talk to the to the audience about that
1: um thank god now that the industry has changed a lot a a lot since i started out (laughs) that it's almost it's it's easier for the industry to accept just as you are as, as you come that that's that's who you are this is your look boom 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 and it's great However, it doesn't work for everybody. So, again, doing your research and knowing your clients and knowing where you see yourself going is always one of the key things to to be prepared for or, or prep yourself for, that this who you are might not work for everyone. And if you're okay with that, then sure. But if you're not okay with that and you're coming just as you are without wanting to tweak any little thing then and and you get a no or you get turned away then again don't be too hard on yourself this is what you you believe that this is how you are supposed to look or be so okay cool then then that's fine
0: are there like certain things for models that like it's basically like the golden rules for like um just any any model it could be even like for like tv product print models um is there anything that it's just like if you have you know if you have the right face and everything there's certain physical aspects still that need to be worked on you know like definitely, definitely <laughs> you have to
1: work on um your hair nails face look First you gotta learn how to learn your angles. Um learn how to model a product because that that's what you're doing. Um learn about the designer of the product and what they like and just present yourself um appropriate to the client that you're going for, I guess. Your hair, I mean, no one wants to see you waking up out of the bed and then going straight to a casting. I don't really care what it is, just Put yourself together, put, you know, look after yourself, present yourself well.
0: And I think a lot of models too, like, or aspiring models, I should say, um, they don't think about little things like your hair should look fresh and have a trim. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, your skin should be f- flawless or <laughs> almost flawless, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. because the v- photoshopping has changed so much. Um, and the look, the natural look has opened up so much more that blemishing Mm -hmm. kind of really does kill it. I think, I think it's important that the aspiring models understand that you just can't show up usually as is you have to work on yourself. You have to do the manicures. You have to, you have to take care of your body. Yeah, you gotta take care of your
1: body for sure. And you're not just doing it for the modeling industry, you're doing it for yourself. And whether you like it or not, your body is your selling point. Everything about you is your selling point in this industry, from your eyes to your teeth.
0: Can you explain that a little bit more to the models of like what (laughs) what you mean?
1: Yes, sure. your whole body, your whole persona, your whole self is a selling point. So if you're, so pre, making sure that you have good and clean teeth, hair is looking amazing, skin's looking amazing, nails is looking good, your body is in shape. Um, and you remember, you're doing this for yourself. You're not just doing this for 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 the industry. You know and even if you want to think about it as you do funny industrial well hell you, you definitely just can't just pull up the way you want to pull up. You got to work out. You got to Even the way you speak Have to be something to think about the way you present yourself will leave a longer lasting impression than Anything else and if you want to be remembered How do you want to be remembered? Do you You want want to be remembered remembered as a person that always come up looking dirty? dirty? Do you, you, because then you won't get any booking. Or Or do you you want to be remembered as someone who looks polished, no matter matter where you're you're from? And And I don't don't necessarily mean like like, legally blonde type of polish. (laughs) 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 I mean, mean, (laughs) just really looking after yourself, (laughs) taking care of your your mental health. health. Taking mm-hmm. care of physical health is, 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 is key and important, important to all of, all of this.
0: Well, and I think you've spent a lot of time trying to figure out your skin and how your skin works as well. Are there, like, certain be- yes. beauty products that you swear by or that you use? Oh, yeah.
1: There are a few beauty products that I definitely swear by for my own self because, again, I, I, I trouble with cystic hackney. So, um all of the products that i tend to use first of all i love trying new products i don't care who you are what the brand is i just i'm here to try it if it's good um and healthy i love doing cruelty free plant based blah blah blah, blah. <laughs> excuse me i like doing cruelty free plant-based products because i find that works best for me i exfoliate um i do face mask at least Uh, Three times a week. I tell you what kind of face mask is not heavy. There there are ones that are just for uh, peeling. There's one just for for Detox. There's ones just for moisture. So It's not it's not all done at once and then You know if you can afford to go to a dermatologist to help you analyze your skin type If you don't know then do that But just take the time to know yourself and to know what products work and try just try products you know, it's best to try the ones that are that are that are plant-based because those ones are really good too.
0: And maybe if you can, you can send me some uh, picture samples of what you use, especially with those masks, and then we can put uh, them down below um, for everybody <laughs> to check out and see if you like it, if it works for you. How sure. how for often? Definitely one. Sorry, go ahead. What is it called?
1: Derma E is definitely one of the 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 best product for me oh and i most definitely most definitely swear by the indian clay the indian clay mask is dynamite it doesn't matter what type of skin problem you're having you put that on it's like baking your face the only thing you need to remember is that okay first of all you i think you keep it on anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes based on your skin type and what kind of problem you're having and then after that it's important for you to really moisturize because it's it's taking out everything out of your skin it also like it makes your skin feel dry and so you want to make sure that you're moisturized afterwards
0: now do you use do you add water with the indian clay mask or do you also add some apple cider vinegar both depending on what if i'm
1: traveling and i don't have the apple cider vinegar water does it if i'm home apple cider vinegar with it for sure it smells awful, and also, you can actually drink the apple cider vinegar. Just a little teaspoon every other morning or every morning I heard is, like, really great. And I've been doing that, and so far, let me tell you, it's working. However, it is the most disgusting smell ever and taste. When so do you
0: say it's working, what is it doing for you?
1: Oh, it's both clearing up on the inside and on the outside. I don't know what 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 this apple cider vinegar does really, <laughs> but um so far my dark spots are going away and my um my blemishes are way less almost none
0: yeah it's funny it, my husband and I we both do the indian clay mask so um yeah. yep yep so
1: it, what, what what do you like about it for your skin what do
0: you, what do you, like? Do you like about um, well, it well i leave mine on for 30 minutes and then um it it will like dry up so tight. And then when I take it off, I just feel completely refreshed. And then I do moisturize a lot after that. And I do even like an oil, add oil into my moisturizer. So. I use
1: um, hemp oil, I don't know, either hemp oil or tea tree oil I use afterwards. On my skin, along with moisturizer, just to get that double moisture back in because it really does suck your skin dry so tight that you can barely move.
0: Yeah, and yeah. I think the tea tree oil also will like help kill bacteria, if I'm mm-hmm. correct. But, um, yes. So, and then supply the good bacteria. So, amazing. Those are great. Those are great options.
1: Collagen is the most definitely um, something that we all need. Water. Um, whether it's a topical collagen that you're you're using, or you can take collagen supplements, whatever that works best for you. Um, our skin needs that for sure. Hydration and collagen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you can even intake collagen.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So, um, and actually, I have this
1: collagen shake that I take actually. That I mix it with my protein every other morning with banana. So I do collagen, um, this collagen shake protein with banana um, and avocado with a little
0: bit of olive oil. We'll have to get that recipe from you. We'll,
1: oh, yeah. we'll
0: put that down there too, just so everybody mm-hmm. kind of knows. And then we can, um, we'll we make sure to have like the brand name of the products that Sigel uses.
1: Yes routine is very long, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately, yeah, but I love it. It
0: works for me. Um, I have one last question for you, which uh, is like the end all and solution driven question for all of the models to help get the industry in a better position. Um, the question is, wouldn't it be great if?
1: Hmm. Wouldn't it be great if we should all listen to John Legend, John Lennon song? Which one? Imagine. 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 Uh, yes. yes. Wouldn't it all be great if we all lived by the John Legend song, Imagine, John Lennon song, Imagine? And that goes for not just the industry; that goes for everybody, actually. What is that, you know, song know. to Imagine you? Imagine all the people living that song.
0: Yep. So we're going to have everybody it, check that one out
1: Unity, unity, and love. Being unity, love, mindfulness of yourself, mindfulness of others. That's. What I would say, what, yeah. I like (laughs) it, I I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't it be great, yes. Wouldn't it be great if we all are quite mindful of ourselves, mindful of others, living in unity and love, especially in this day and age and this time of the COVID-19 disaster that is striking the, the, the whole planet right now, so yeah.
0: And I think it'll be important once we all get back to work too.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: I pray to God that we all get back to work sane
1: and in a sound mind pretty soon.
0: Well, hopefully, we'll be able to catch up uh, and do another podcast here down the road as we all start working. And thank you so much for being a part of um, our day. And um, yeah, we look forward to talking to you again.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I had a great conversation, as usual, with you, So, and I look
0: forward to more of this. Thank you for joining us on the Model Jeans Podcast. Want to talk about this podcast? As always, we love to hear from you. Jump over to our social media platforms at Model Jeans Podcast then come on over to modelgenealogy.com to sign up to be the first to get exclusive updates on our VIP live interviews and all the updates you need to know. Be sure to take the test to see what type of model you are so you have a path to follow. Lastly, do you have a challenge for us to solve? Reach out to us at Model Genealogy. You may find our comeback sooner than you think on Topic Tuesday. Thanks so much for hanging out with me.